listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, a.k.a. FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families would be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. Right. So, sowing and harvesting. Oh, amen. Amen. I know, I know some of us, okay, sowing and harvesting, you've heard it. Either you're an Greek student. <laughs> or, or GHS. Is there still GHS in town? You still have GHS? Okay. Governments keep changing things, so I don't know whether. JHS, I think, uh, Agric, right? Yeah, Agric, you handles um, planting and all. Or, I mean, you've been in a church, you're somebody, a church person all, the, all your life. Um, you, you've been in church and then you heard it's preached. Or you're a social media person and you hear people insulting and castigating. But whatever the issue is, I'm sure a lot of us have heard <laughs> um, sowing and um, harvesting or reaping. Are we good? But one man of God said something. He said, never expect what you have not thought. It is actually wrong to expect what you have not thought. So as a church, as long as we have not taught it, we can't expect it. But it is our responsibility to teach it and to even teach it rightly. Then we can expect. Hallelujah. It's the same in, the, in every, every field, even in the raising our homes, our children. Please don't go expecting what you have not taught. Hallelujah. Amen. Even sometimes in our dealings with other people, we expect of them what we have not spent time to teach or to talk about. And it's wrong. Because now you're assuming the person knows. Are you with me? So as a church, we are going to teach so we can expect. Look at the one next to you and tell the person, we are going to teach so that we can what? Expect. Hallelujah. That's how we teach on everything that is necessary for your development and for your progress. Someone say amen. amen. So I want us to start from the beginning. Someone say the beginning. And when we are talking about the beginning, we are talking about where? Genesis. Genesis is the beginning. And the beginning of beginnings is John. Right. Genesis is the beginning. And the beginning of beginning is John. Um, can you help us? Um, Genesis 1, 11 to 13. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, Plants bearing seeds according to their kinds. And trees bearing fruits, bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the third day. And God saw that it was what? Good. Look at him and said, God saw that it was good. Hallelujah. 
God saw that it was good that the tree had fruits and the fruit had seed. Mm. Hallelujah. Tell me about God saw that it was good. It was good. When you read uh, Genesis uh, 1, you see a lot of it was good. It is good. You realize that good was the guiding principle with God when God was creating. That if it was not good or it doesn't measure to God's standard of good, God would not allow it. God kept on, uh, Bible kept on saying, and it was good, and it's good. So it's good that the tree has seeds. Hallelujah. Amen. And we are going to spend, you see, one of the things about God is that God does things and we spend time to getting to know more about what, why God did it. Uh-huh. We spend our life to know. Because if God was to make you, sit you down to tell you, you might, your brain must, might blow away, you know. So we spend the rest of our lives trying to understand what God has done. Let's, then let's jump to Genesis 1, the same the tw- from the 26 to 31. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over livestock, over all the earth, and over, over all the creatures that moves along the ground. Um, Look at you and but you are created to rule. You are created to what? Let us make man, let them have what? Let them what? Rule, or other translations say, let them have what? Dominion. Some say dominion. If you are not dominating, it means you are not working in your full potential, according to the word of God. It says, let man have dominion. And he's talking about all the creeping things. Hallelujah. What are some creeping things in your life? Mm. Are you in the house? Okay, so the next verse, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. And male and female, he created what? Them. He created him, then goes male and female. So in essence, when God was making reference to the man, God was making reference to the two, the man and the woman, the male and the female. So the next verse, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful. And increase in number. Be what? Fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. Over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now that's a command for a blessed person. Hallelujah. To be blessed is to be empowered to increase. To be empowered to increase. That's meant to be blessed. When God blessed man, God says, I've empowered you to increase. Mm. When you look at Genesis 1 and you look at God's idea for man, you can see that there is no, when you study this picture, there is nothing in this that shows that man is meant to be poor. Man is meant to be broken or man is meant to be dominated over. There's nothing about this. Rather, when you look at the picture, God says man, that's male and female, the man and the woman, they are to have dominion. Someone say, I will have dominion? Are you with me? Yeah. Do you believe that? Yeah. You have to have dominion because that's your mandate. Some call it the dominion mandate. That's the mandate God has given to you. That is the command God has given to us. 
to have dominion. Oh, let me show you something. Sometimes you can have, you can find yourself in circumstances that seems to threaten the word of God for your life. And sometimes when we are go- going through that, there's a tendency for us to exalt our experience over the word of God. But that would be the mistake, you, you, the worst mistake you can do. Rather, uphold the word of God. Because the word of God has the power to transform your experience. As more about every experience is subject to the word of God. Every experience is subject to the word. Why? Because the word of God can create every experience. Hey. So if you find yourself broken and things are not complete and all that, go back to the word and look at what is God's dominion mandate for. What did God say? God bless them. God bless man. Somebody shout, I am blessed. I can someone shout, I am blessed. I am blessed. blessed. Amen. From the very beginning, God blessed man. Even before man could do any work, he was already blessed. Before man could do any activity, God has already blessed him. Ah. Mm. So, we don't go to labor now to be blessed. (laughs) We're already blessed. Ah. Hey. Are you in the house? Uh Uh-huh. It is good. Let's go on. Then God said, now, uh, please get, take, take, take us back to 28 and then we'll come to 29 again. God blessed man and said to them, be fruitful and increase in, in, in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the best of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then the next verse, what does the next verse say? Then God said, I give you every seed bearing. Plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. So God says, I've blessed you. You are blessed. Increase. And then the next thing God says, I've given you seed. Hey. Am I making some sense, somebody? So I, I, I want you to ask your neighbor, what, what, what seed are you carrying? What seed are you carrying? Oh, shake your neighbor ask you, what seed are you carrying? What seed are you carrying? Because, can I, can, I, can I put it this way? Every blessed person carries a seed. <laughs> Every blessed person what, carries a seed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I said earlier on, we don't go to work to be blessed. We're already blessed. Mm. Ha. Hmm. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Now, the nature of God can be seen in what God created and how God created. The nature of God. You see, sometimes you can come and look at certain works, and then you can see this guy did it. That's any even when you do, you come and look at the way the excellence of what you see, you realize that this one is like um, Apple products. Hmm. <laughs> it's like when you see the finishing he said no this one is apple you know what they say once you go apple you can go <laughs> don't turn it back I'm told, we, look we, we always argued until we got apple <laughs> it's true. We used to argue until we got that point. We said, okay, we are not going back. 
<laughs> oh, are you in the house? Because you can see the craftsmanship, the excellence, the thoughts that is put into it. You can see it. Now, when you look at Genesis from the beginning, everything about the way God went about doing things revealed God and talks about God. There's a lot we can, come, we can bring out of it, but one that I want to, is important to the message today is that you could see the generosity of God to our creation. That whatever God created, God filled with abundance, abundant seed that could sustain it for the rest of life. Mm. Because remember, God created once and stopped creating. After God finished the seventh day, Bible said God rested. God hasn't gone back to creating again. But the entire creation is sustained. Still, why? Because from the very beginning, God filled it with his abundance. Hey. Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor, this God is a God of abundance. This God is a God of words. Do you know what abundance is? It's more than enough. I mean, have, have you guys seen a mango tree before? Have you, 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 I mean, Africans, you know mango tree. How many of you have seen a tree that is bearing just one fruit? It's, it's not possible. I mean, we have one just next to us here. Every day you hear, poop, something's poop. Abundance. <laughs> Everywhere. Hey, God is an abundant God. Look, let this, because this is very critical in how we look at God. Because some of us see God as merely enough. The God of merely enough. That there's always a lesson that God is teaching us with lack. Mm. That maybe some way, somehow, because of our lack, God is done. God can take advantage of every experience to reveal himself. Granted, lack, abundance, whatever, God can still reveal himself. But don't only limit God to your experience of lack. Hey, am I making some sense? Don't limit God to your experience of lack. If you do that, you are doing a disservice to the image of God and the reputation of God. As a matter of fact, you make the Bible a very difficult thing to understand. Because from the very beginning, God did not just put one tree with one seed. He said, look, I've put the trees and fruit and the seed and they are there. Hey, am I making some sense to somebody? Shake your neighbor, 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 neighbor. God is abundant mind, minded, abundance, abundance. His words, abundance minded. Hey, hallelujah. You know, when you're coming from a very lack, a, a lack background, you always want to hold on, right? Uh -huh, you don't want to. So you tend to be, okay, how much can I release small? <laughs> and, 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 it's, and it's okay. Uh -huh, you're beginning, but... Don't let that be all that you can, you can be. We can be more than God has called us to. Are, are you guys with me? Uh -huh. But, and I realized that like Malson says, he said, when you're confused, go back to the beginning. When you go back to the beginning of the book, it, it shapes and it clar clarifies a lot about what God's mandate is, who he is, and why God has called us to. And I'm saying that this morning, God is a God of abundance. He's abundance-minded. Everything he decided from the beginning has enough to sustain life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard. From today, tell your neighbor, from today, 
Hey, what are we going to do? Are we going to abandon minded? Mm, are you sure? I can't. Are, are <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't, know, I don't know how you are taking this message at this point in time, but it's a good message. Hey. Creation shows the generosity of God. By God's, gener- by God's generosity, life is sustained. Creation shows the generosity of God, and by God's generosity, life is sustained. Now, you have to understand, we are only able to be generous because God, be- God gave first. So generosity starts with receiving. Hmm. Generosity starts with receiving. Anytime God is going to lead any man onto a generous lifestyle, God will give to him that man first. To kickstart a generous life in the life of others, they must receive. Hey, I'm making some sense. Aha. Uh-huh. So when you are found in any place where you see people in people are poor, people are lacking, and you say, "No, I don't want. I think this is not good." You have to kickstart with generosity. That's where it starts. I believe that our um, lack of understanding of these things is the reason why we've not been able to create pockets of generous, uh, like a pocket of generous environments in Africa, because we don't realize that it takes some level of generosity to kickstart. It's take a level of giving to kickstart the spirit of generosity wherever we are found. And that's how God did. For God so loved his world, the world that what? That he gave. He saw a darkness, and what was his first response? To give. God has to release. And what was God releasing? God was releasing a seed. Hey. Am I making sense? <laughs> Amen. Right, right. Turn over. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Mm. Now, when you read, you read it says that um, the, the scripture we read earlier says, um, let the land produce seed-bearing plants, trees, and the land on the land that bears fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. Now, what that means is, are you in the house? God allows variations within a kind, but Something of one kind will never develop into something of another kind. Here's what it means. Mangoes, pears, what are some of the fruits? Tomatoes, uh-huh. These are variations. But a mango seed will not give you a pear fruit. Hey. And this order was set in the beginning. It means that even though lots of things can be sown, the fruit is determined by the type of seed. Ah, are we good? This is all part from the beginning. Are you guys with me? Aha. Uh-huh. Lot of things can be sown, but the fruit is determined by a seed. The fruit is determined by a seed. So God is generous. Now, what is the opposite of generosity? It's greed. If you are not being like God, who are you being like? (laughs) 
I heard someone say, you have been like my boss. <laughs> if you are not being like God, then who are you being like? The opposite of generosity in my research, I found, is greed. Isn't it interesting? Africa keeps going down because of the power of greed. Mm. Yeah, it's greed. Because when you are when you are greedy, you cannot kickstart a general spirit. Yeah, and all we all agree that Africa is wealthy. No, Africa has been feeding the world with natural resources for years, and we still haven't run out. As of they stole from us, cheated Africa for years, oh, and we are still doing it. It means that all of us are seated here, but now if we had had um, generous leadership, hey, like by this time, I'm <laughs> only God knows what you'll be enjoying. Yeah. Yeah. Only God knows what we'll be enjoying. Hmm. There are two types of greedy people. Are you in the house? Yeah. One, we have the mices. Am I mentioning it right? Yes. They are the tight-fisted Scrooge. You know Ebenezer Scrooge? The cartoon. Is it cartoon? It's a story of um, ghost of Christmas, past, present, and future. Yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge, yes. Ish. These, these are classic stories. Shake the one that says, this one you must know. If you don't know, we are look out too much. Tell us, we are look out too much. You must know them. <laughs> Tell us, you don't be look out. It's this one. Every year, this is a classic story. <laughs> it's a school they went to. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. <clears throat> now, those type things are like uh, Scrooge. What's your philosophy? He said, their best philosophy is summarized in this. Get all you can. Can all you get and sit on the can? <laughs> get all you can, can all you get and sit on the can? <laughs> now you heard it right, yeah. And then the others, the second type, are the squanderers. Those who fritter. Fritter means to waste time, money, and energy on trifling things, matters, things that do not matter. They are wasteful and they waste on their luxuries. Have you seen this type in, in, in Africa? You can see them all over, right? Uh huh. Those that hide, they'll steal and go and hide it. Uh huh. They'll die and their wives are this thing. Mm. And then there are those who also spend it and show off on social media. And here and there, those that do lavish lifestyles. Hey. Look at your neighbor next and tell the person this. said, greed is a threat to life. Any environment where you have more greedy people than generous people, 
life will be coming to an end. Life will be coming to an end. Sometimes you go to families and you realize that the family is not striving. It's like, look, the life of the family is going. And the reason is sometimes you go inside is because one person is being greedy. Greedy. And as long as greed is at home, your, the life of your home is going. Are you guys with me? Yeah. yeah. You can't be. I think, I think Samibo's philosophy about money is keep it and hide it. No. You must understand money. Obviously, don't waste money, but you must understand the way money works. Money is a currency. It's always going to move. Money moves. As a matter of fact, the real life of money is that it must be moving. That's why when you go to develop economics, monies are moving in investments. Because that's the only way they bring life to the environment. But when you have a group of people that keep carrying money and hide it, carry money and put it in, in how do you call it, fridges. They hide money. I mean, when you listen, when you listen to uh, a neighboring country, Nigeria, you hear some of the story. It's just so sad. Person will steal the money of the state and put it in the fridge. When they talk about the foolishness of the African, this is one of the highest of all. I mean, why don't you build something, do something with money? Because that's how money brings benefit. It must flow. Hey, are you in the house? Shake the one next to you and tell the person, don't be greedy. Oh, shake your neck and say, don't be greedy. For instance, we have our second service, right? Hey, could I go there? Our second step, the only way there's life there is when food is flowing. <laughs> when you're having a fridge, you won't, I mean, you won't help anybody. You, <laughs> you bring it over and then let people eat and then you also bring it. But I don't realize every day we are sustained. We have life. Hey, are you in the house? Shake your nose and say, let there be a flow, let there be a flow, let there be, oh, tell me, let there be a flow, let there be a flow, a flow, a flow. Hallelujah. Greed can't make one see the reality of life because we become fixated on oneself and earthly good, earthly things. First Timothy 6, 17, 19 says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be hasty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly what, provides us with everything to enjoy. I told you that generosity is our word receiving. That God who freely provides us with everything to enjoy. I wish somebody caught this. Amen. They are to do good and to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. They are storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future, for that they may take hold of that which is truly life. I'll come to that and I'll break that at the latter part if there's time. Now, 
We all know the accounts from Genesis. There was a time where confusion everywhere, sin came in, you know, and God says, look, I want to restart. I want to reboot the system. You remember? So what did God do? He released the flood from heaven. Heaven started attacking the earth. There was so much flood everywhere. After some time, then God stopped the flood and then started draining the earth of the flood. So Genesis 8, 20, says, says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sac- sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again, someone said, never again. Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. Hey, from childhood, that's where evil starts entering the heart. Mm. So when you see cute children passing by, evil mm. <laughs> Evil Charles. <laughs> that's where you start teaching them and guarding because that's where evil starts. He says, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I've done. You see, today as I was preparing, I noticed something. God says, I can see that the man, evil starts from childhood. He likes evil. But then God still said, I will not destroy so it means that sin is not a surprise to God. Wow. <laughs> That's when you see the evil, when you hear some evil, you say, hey, I you know, it's as if God, you asleep with you, but shake the here. No, he knows. Shake the say he knows. But he has already covenanted that he will not flood the earth again. Amen. Even though another can is coming. Mm. But this is what he says. As long as the earth remains, or as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. Now, is the earth remaining? Oh, I can't hear. Is the earth remaining? Are we still here? Oh, are we still here? Then if we do some deduction here, what does, what does it mean? It means that the law of seed time and harvest it's still there. Because that's what God says. God says, as surety as the earth remains, seed time and harvest time shall never what? Cease. Now, this scripture highlights something. And this is what it does. The certainty to which God said that is a covenant, it's a promise, in whatever way that God put it, there's a certainty to it. It says, as long as the earth remains, sea time and harvest time shall, not, uh, shall never cease. And this is what it means. It means that by this word, chance is taken away. Because in a sense, God is saying there's a cause and there's always going to be an effect. As long as there's a cause, there's going to be an effect. It means that chance is not part of the thing. Oh. Am I getting some somebody? Because when it, when we, sometimes when we look at the, the, the future or we look at what we want our lives to be, when we, we think about our future, most of us live our lives in the realm of chance. 
se perchanza. <laughs> There's no perchance here. This, this word, this covenant eliminates chance. Are you with me? Aha. Uh -huh. For those of us who believe God created the heavens and the earth, we must forever put away the idea that anything happens by chance. If there's something I want to establish here, most of you are young, you're about starting life. You are, look, nothing happens per chance. When you see somebody's life is at a particular cost, don't think per chance. Sometimes, sometimes you can even look at somebody and it looks as if there's so much good happening to them that it doesn't look as if, it looks as if it's happening to them by chance. It's not true. Sometimes you go back, you go and see evil sons, good mothers. Evil sons. Are good mothers. When I said good mothers, God-fearing mothers, seed-sowing mothers. So you can see the evil son seems to be getting good, and you are wondering, hey, the only thing is that if God's word is true, the only thing that the evil son's son is going to bear evil. Hey, yeah. I heard a story of a of a. The man of God said he was preaching, he had preached about seed, seed sowing, and a, a woman came to him this years ago, years ago. He says, oh, I, I'm, I'm a pensioner, you know. My husband died, and then this is how much they give me. And I want to take, I mean, a U.S. context, and uh, maybe let's say, for instance, maybe she's receiving, she's receiving 100 CDs a month. She was going to give about 10 CDs or 20 CDs to God's work. To the kingdom, she's like, in a sense, she's going to sow that. So the preacher man was like, ah, he felt uncomfortable that he was going to take a widow's money. So he told her, oh, you, you, you're a pensioner. It's even if you're working, your husband is dead and they're giving you, so I, I don't feel it's okay for me to take, to receive your seed. And the woman, so the woman shocked and looked at him and said, you, you are not a preacher who practice what you preach. He says, I want, to f I want to change my life with my seed. You don't want to take it. So he said, when she said that, he received the seed from her. He said, for 20 years, this woman was sending that money, 20 years. The preacher said one time he was somewhere preaching, and a lady came to him and says, your ministry has changed my life. And he says, really? Young girl said, how? He says, you don't know me, but you know my, my mother. And then narrates the story of the mother. And says, now I'm a wealthy person because of my mother's seed. So how did it happen? He said after the mother, the mother has died, the land they are on, the government concluded that they needed that land that is part of the need of the state. So the government went to a deal and gave a lot. <laughs> hey. I'm not making sense, somebody. They give a lot of money because of a mother's faithful seed. God says, as long as the earth remains, seed time. And, and I said, that eliminates what? I can't it eliminates what? It means that the Bible says, is it Galatians that says, that God cannot be mocked. That's what it says categorically. It means that you can't laugh at God. What, do you, what does it mean? It means that when you go to God and ask him for a harvest without a seed, you are mocking God. 
There are those that you remember I said variations and all that. You remember that that different type of seed to be sown, but what seed will produce it determines the fruit. Yeah. There are those who are sowing prayer looking for the harvest of money. Yes. <laughs> You pray more, you have more angelic visitations. <laughs> That's the type of seed you are sowing. <laughs> How many of you have gone around smiling at people and all of a sudden somebody gives you money? Because smile is a seed. Check it. The more smiles you smile, the more people smile back at you. Hey, shake your neighbor and say, neighbor. Let's eliminate chance. Let's eliminate chance. Young people, tell the person, chance, chance doesn't work in this thing. That pair chance, Duma. Oh, have you heard those things? <laughs> what is chance? Chance merely describes the statistical probability of something happening. And here's it. Chance itself can neither do or perform anything. And he has no part in seed time or harvest time. So anytime you hang your, your life in per chance, nothing will be produced out of it. Because it defiles the law of creation. It defiles the law of creation. Hey. I think I was, I, was telling, I was telling them something that it is evil for you to come and expect what you haven't planted. You're an evil person. Because it says, seed time, harvest, plant, and what? Reap. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you in the house? Mm-hmm. Jesse, Jesse Duplantis said something that blessed me. He said, look, what is an oak tree but an acorn that held its ground? Yeah, an oak tree is just an acorn. That's a seed that held this ground. It's just two to the ground, and by the time you realize it grows, that's the law of life. So what is not in the ground is never going to germinate to anything. It's never going to germinate. So I'm telling you, all those baby, baby pets, all the, those days we used to have those things. Oh, or something when you see somebody driving by and see their car. They already, maybe, and God give me this car. <laughs> yeah. Hey, are you in the house? Are, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you? Yeah, yeah. There may be per chance people. Are you in the house? Yeah, somebody's come and dash me. <laughs> if somebody bless me, yeah. Kadia man, yeah. <laughs> You're walking per chance. It defiles the law of God. Now, these are some key points. See, the seed doesn't have to be big, but it must be sown. The seed doesn't have to be big, but it must go to the ground. You must sow it. Bible said this, the God we serve is the same God that gives seed to the sower. That scripture blows my mind. He gives seed to the sower and then gives what? Bread to the what? To the eater. 
Here's the principle. <laughs> the same thing, but there are two sides. There's a seed and there's a bread. Is the one on the other end of the bread, of, 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 the, of the thing. Because to one is a seed, to another is bread. If you have not seen a lot of harvest, it's a, it's a sign that you haven't sown a lot. If you have not sown a lot, it means you haven't recognized a lot of your seed. Or chances are, most of your seed has been converted to bread. <laughs> you are chopping your seed. You are chopping your plantation. <laughs> your harvest. You are, you are chopping it. Hey! <laughs> yeah. It's a young guy. You don't own anything. You are starting life. But you are spending your money in buying dress. That's bread. That's bread. <laughs> you are wearing your seed. <laughs> and you know what they say? Every seed needs the right environment. If you wear your seed, you're going <laughs> to... Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, this is a word, this is a word, this is a word. Tell me, this is a word. Amen. Hallelujah. Look, Jim Rohn will tell you that the seasons don't care. After one season, another is coming. He said, the seasons mark life, and they tell us the circle of life. They don't care about you. Ask me, the seasons don't care about your, your mother's name, your father's name, where you're born. The seasons don't care. Rather, it's your preparation for the season that matters. And one of the greatest ways to manage, to harness the season is to prepare with the seed. For every season has its, its um, response or is eating to another season of life. Yeah. So you must always, every season in your life, you must have a seed. Ready. Hey. Are you in the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about you must sow the seed. You must sow the seed. You must what? You must sow the seed. It's not about the size. You must sow. You must do what? Sow. Some of you, young people, you come, you, you come before God, you come into the presence of God, and you're never careful to give offering. You're not careful to give an offering. That's even the starting place of seed. I said, it's not, it's, it's not the size, but you, something must always go out. Those are when we used to go to school. Our parents used to give us money to go and sow. Do you still do that now? Do you still give children money to go and offering? Or the children, when you give them money, they want to go and buy ice cream. <laughs> if your child does that, you have to start correcting it because your child sees every seed as bread. And sometimes we say, oh, Aquila. No. What does uh, Genesis 8 tells us? Evil, where does it start? Where does evil start? Uh huh. You must teach your child. Mm. You are in a relationship with, uh, with somebody you are about to marry. You people together have not sown together before. Mm? You don't have to come together and say, let's go sow. Let's go, 
That means your relationship, uh, most of your Christ, you are not by for me, you are not by for me, and for me, for me, for me, for me. Hey, tell about seat time. Are you in the house? Note this down. The seed has the power, to, the seed is one thing that has the power to produce change. It has the power to produce change. Sometimes we cry, oh God, change my life. Oh God, change my life. Look for a seed. Look for a seed. Say, God, this seed represents my life. And every seed that goes to the ground comes different. So as I sow, I declare that my life is changing. Hey, are you in the house? Yeah. Some of you know I remember I've shared some of my story before. Of how a lot of things started changing for me. In church years ago, actually some of you know, some of you don't know. Years ago, then my mother was, was in, in, in the UK. And the only time she, you get a phone is she has to use the phone. And then when she's changing to another phone, I think she has, in America, in the UK, they have this system where you can renew your phone or something like that. Then she'll send it down. And one of the time when she sent the, the phone down, the phone was one, those days the phone was the, uh, one of the best, I mean, the most expensive thing we carry. Do this church. I used to go with Eric. Conference, um, um, Greater West Conference. <laughs> Greater West Conference. And one of the times, Charlie, they'll preach the word. Like you know that this is the word. And then you want to sow something, call for seed. And their man is without any. And those days, the seed were sown, were singing. Yeah, I was in a choir. And we used to think that as long as we are singing, God will have mercy and give us money. But as long as we kept on singing, we kept on singing, we kept on becoming better in singing. <laughs> that was the seed we were sowing. I mean, today we see that, I was saying that, I mean, I, I really didn't, not necessarily, I wanted to be a, a musician. But now I have music and things to my credit. Maybe it's the seed we sown. We're just singing. So we've reap, we're reaping singing more. <laughs> but one time as I, I sat there, I remember, and they called for, uh, I wish they uh, called for about, I mean, those days I know that, $1,000 or $500. Some money that was, to me, it was like, hey, I did with this guy. I thought nobody would come, would come forth. People were coming in their numbers, in their aisle. Hey. So I sat there, I said, Charlie, I think I'm on the wrong side. Wrong side. I said, there are two sides in the church. Yeah. And I was on the wrong side. So do you know what I did? Those days, I think we used to, we would go for the morning service, and we decided to go to Hubert's house. And then I thought about it. I said, look, there must be something. I remember one message at uh, Pastor Shimolo preached. He said, when the widow came to, to the prophet, about complaining, the question the widow asked, eh, the prophet asked the widow is, what do you have in your house? That thing has been part of me till now. Every time I'm asking, what do I have? Because I remember what he said. He said, look, you may not have money, but you have something. So I asked myself, what do I have? And I realized that what I have the most expensive is my phone. And I deleted everything inside. And I went to give my phone. I went to put in offering. I put in offering. Because I must change sitting position. 
as long as you give yourself an excuse and say, oh, all I have is barely to eat, you're on one side of the equation. The economy, economy of the world is two-sided. There are those who are on top hiring others, and there are those who are doing the job. Hey, am I talking to somebody in the house? You have to determine to move. Because the only thing that has the power to create change is your seed. Seed holds power to create change. Hey, am I making some sense, somebody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say this. Since then, I, I don't buy phone. I've, I've never actually bought phone before. I've never bought phone before. I don't know if I have to buy phone. Where am I? For myself. For others, I can do. But for myself, because I've got into receiving. Because I've sold. Yeah. Hallelujah. The next point, are you in the house? Almost two. It says, see, our seed is the power that engages the possibility of the future. It's our seed that has the power to engage the possibility of the future. Tomorrow, we shall do this. Tomorrow, we shall do that. Let your seed do the talking. Because I have noticed something. There are certain seeds that I've sown, and even though I pictured the future, I could not feel a fully picture what the seed brought to me. I could not fully. Yeah. To the blessing of, uh, to, the, to, the, to the place of people blessing with cars, I did not, I couldn't even tell where it was coming from. But the minute you sow the seed, you have engaged some elements in the air. You've engaged some things, then all of a sudden, you are, because you are shifting. And you, are, you, you see, by sowing, you are agreeing the law of life, the thing that sustains life, because you are letting the seed go out. Are we good? Uh-huh. So you must sow. A. And then the seed is the foundation of great hope and joy. You want to have joy? You want tomorrow to be happy? My friend, you got to be sowing today. <laughs> what did my, uh, I said, one of them said, he said, when you go to the ground and say, give me harvest without a seed, the ground will say, who is this fool who comes Looking for a harvest without sowing. It means that tomorrow life will laugh at you. <laughs> tomorrow life will laugh at you when you come looking for a harvest without sowing. This morning I came to challenge you. Now, to get this, there are different types of seed in this life. We have the seed of the word, we have the seed of finance, we have the seed of time and energy. We have the seed of the gospel. These are all seeds. The seed of the gospel is one. The seed of time and energy. It's not just money that I'm calling your attention to this morning, but I'm also calling your attention to your time and your energy. How many of us spend our time and energy in the things of God? Because, once again, in Christ's temple those days, I, I, I remember, I will share that also. There's a time where after high school, where we didn't know where life was going and all that. And I told you I was serving a friend, a friend of mine's auntie. Just read out the story. I was serving a friend of mine's auntie. And when I was serving from her place, when I go and serve, Saturday in the morning, I go there around 9, 10. I'll leave there around 4. 4, I'm going straight to Christ's temple. When I get there, we're supposed to start the rehearsal around 4, but rehearsal usually starts around 5, 5, 5.36, the Ghanaian time. You understand? Mm-hmm. 
But I remember what those days when I go, I'll see there was this friend of there's this there's this friend of ours called Ken. He was part of the janitorial team, and they were the ones who were cleaning the the, the church. And you see, big church, very few people were, were serving in cleaning. So sometimes I'll go and join him as we serve and clean the church while I'm awaiting the rehearsal. And the rehearsal one will start to end around 9, 10. You reach home, barely eat, sleep, the following morning, first service at 7.30. I'm telling you, second service, energy involving for years. For years. That was seed. Being sown. So you don't know what makes a man a blessed man. No. <laughs> you don't know what they have done for the Lord. This generation, we are not careful in sowing seeds. Sometimes you have to jeer your eye and serve. Serve. You serve one, two, no, and start complaining. Serve one, two, no, you are complaining. You see, when you serve and you start complaining, it's like someone who puts a seed on the ground and go and remove it and go and look at it. Why are you not growing? <laughs> this life now nah, why you will you die are you you're complaining Isn't that you have, look seeds are abandoned in the ground seeds are abandoned in the ground but that's where life comes from hey you have to serve young people and i came to encourage you church we have to learn to serve because when it comes to farm church, because it's young and all that, sometimes we have a posture as if we want to do things at our own time. So now the things of God has to follow your timing. That's not sacrifice. Sacrifice is when you got to change your time to suit the things of God. We have to serve. We have to remember your, your service, your energy is also seed that you are sown. Are we going? Are, are, we, are, we, are we good? If there's going to be a sustained life of this vision, we need people who serve. And we have to sow the seed of the gospel. We have to sow towards the seed of the gospel. What does the Bible say? The Bible says without a preacher, there's not going to be a hearing. It means that without a sower, there's not going to be a harvest. Without a sower of the gospel, there's not going to be a harvest of the gospel. If we're going to have people who will be born again, family is going to be transformed, we need to be intentional as a church to preach the gospel. Young people, we won't have righteousness sweep over our nation if we are not willing to sow the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. We have to sow the gospel. We can't go about being shy and being, in quotes, politically correct and shying away from the vital things that we need to be doing. Have you seen a, 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 a what do you call it? Uh, uh, plant some of the plantings, what do you call it? A farmer. <laughs> see, have you seen a planter? <laughs> it's also right. <laughs> okay. Have you seen a farmer who goes about so oh, I'm just shy. This um, go see me, uh, see me digging the ground, uh, toiling, and all. So I'm have, have you seen some before? What are you talking about? Shake the one next to you. Be, so, be serious. Be serious. Be serious. Shake the one next to you. Be serious. You be serious. My last scripture says, Ecclesiastes 11 verse 6 says, Sow your seed in the morning. Mm. Tell me, this is morning. 
It's a good time for you to sow your seed. <laughs> but it also means morning of our lives are the youthful times of our lives, the early part of our lives. Sow your seed in the morning. If you sow in the evening when you are late, it's your tr- <laughs> you are late in your life, your children are those who to uh, enjoy. Yeah, sow in the morning. Sow your seed in the morning. Tell them, sow your seed in the morning. Oh, tell the person, sow your seed in the morning. And then say what? At evening, let your hands not be what? Idle. For you do not know which will succeed. Hey. Whether this or that. Or whether both will do equally well. What does it mean? It means that to as, me, as much as you sow, there's always going to be a potential of harvest. And do you know what investors do? Investors are always looking for potential of harvest. Nobody is ever clearly guaranteed a harvest. But all you have to do is to see, is there a chance of a harvest? They put their head there. That's it. That's it. So sow your seed in the morning. Offering, give. Seed time, we are buying chairs, give. We are going to do something, we need money, give. We are going here, you can come, come. Don't say, I'm, I'm stretching my body. My friend. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I know that the Lord who has called us to abundance, that generous God, as we walk in sowing, will also lead, lead us towards a harvest. May your life, I mean, may you have great harvest in your life. Amen. As you keep sowing, as you keep giving, as you keep um, I do call it planting. May you enter into a great harvest of your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's rise up on our feet. Let's lift up our hands and just stop. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.